Welcome to Everyday Economics, a podcast that helps you learn about the economic world happening around you every day. I'm your host, Chris Krug, president of the Franklin News Foundation. Everyday Economics is a production of America's Talking Network. You can check out all of our great podcasts at americastalking.com. Recording this podcast on Saturday, July 2nd. And joining me, as always, is my partner, Dr. Orfe Devange, PhD economist. Orfe, what's up, fella? I'm doing well. Thank you. It's it's funny because like we start the podcast by saying we're doing great. We're doing great. And then when we talk about the economy, this economy doesn't seem to be doing so great. You look at consumer sentiment and indicators and you see Americans are not feeling great about the economy and they're starting to show it, right? Like the data is starting to show it. Like when you look at spending, spending is slowing down. Americans are slowing down. They're spending. Most of it is now going to housing, energy, food. Discretionary spending is falling according to the latest data. And we're seeing consumers uh, being squeezed by rising food prices. Man, I'm filling up these days at the gas pump. It's crazy. And so discretionary spending is down. And people are not going out to, you know, to do the fun stuff anymore. Well, I'm Dan McCaleb, executive editor of the Center Square Newswire Service. And I had a conversation about the cost of the average American cookout. And, and I'm not exactly sure what's all included in that, but I would imagine it's probably the Things that you'd imagine like burgers and dogs, maybe some brats and the things that that you would surround that with, you know, potato salad or watermelon or, well, you know, whatever. Terrific things that you would typically put on your Independence Day weekend picnic table. 10% up over last year. That the cost of that that meal is 10% more this year than it was last year. While that's just a snapshot in time, I mean it's that's not insignificant if virtually every meal that you're eating is 10% more than it was last year. Housing costs up 50 odd percent over the past year. I mean, your paycheck's not rising that fast. And so of course, you could tell people are slowing down. But you know, I think people are also worried about the future, right? So we know that individuals make decisions not just based on what they're feeling today, but also what they expect is going to happen in the future. And we hear a lot about the coming recession. I think Americans, I don't think there's ever been a time a friend of mine produced a chart this week. That shows there's never been a time where Americans have searched for the words inflation and recession more than they are searching those terms this time around. It's amazing. Even higher than when COVID hit. You could tell, I mean, you could see even through Google searches that people are concerned about a recession. Mm-hmm. We know why, right? Because we know that when the economy slows down, layoffs start to come down upon us. And I think people are worried about their future income. Well, I want to talk about recession. And and as part of that, we'll talk about inflation. We're going to do that. But for now, I wanted to ask you, based on the conversation we had last week, where we said that the economy is neither red nor blue, but the president has some responsibility in managing the country. Beyond that, more so, the Federal Reserve has some responsibility in managing the economic health of the nation. You know, look, the Fed's job is to maximize employment and keep prices stable. You look at the labor market and it was red hot. I mean, it still is red hot. We have more job openings than there are people looking for work. You know, you could give give the Fed a, you know, a check mark for maximizing employment. 
They have done a terrific job to make sure that businesses are healthy. The balance sheets are healthy enough to keep hiring people. And by the way, that the consumer is also healthy enough to keep spending. The issue is by doing so, combined with the fiscal policies that we saw during the COVID crisis, it's important to mention that we you know we because of COVID, we've had supply chains issues. Then you had the war in Europe that also caused shortages and food prices to increase and gas prices to increase. Inflation came back surging surging uh, faster than we've seen uh, in, in four decades. Mm-hmm. And so on the inflation side, the Fed was caught off guard. And so now the Fed is trying to rectify that mistake by raising interest rates. So by, by acting to raise interest rates, what it's hoping to accomplish is to cool down the economy. And the way the economy is affected is banks cut back on lending, or companies start to feel like, well, you know, I borrowed too much and the rates, my cost of borrowing is going up, so I can't hire as many people. And then households also with credit card debts may actually say, you know what, I have to hold back on spending. Potential home buyers seeing mortgage rates increase a lot might be like, well, you know what, I can't afford this home anymore, so let me slow down here as well. And so this is how the Fed's rate increases are going to affect the economy. But there's a catch here is that what they're doing now, we may not see the result of that for 12 to 49 months, right? So research shows that basically there's a big lag in how soon the economy begins to respond to Fed action. Is there a recent example of that, Orphe, where the, the Fed takes action either to increase rates or to lower rates, and it's taken a long time to see it. I mean, is that something that, like, if we went back to, say, the housing crash of 2007 into 2008, is there any lesson that you can draw from that period of time? These are very different events. I got to say, I think most people are a little too critical of the Fed. And the reason why I say that is that, first of all, we get our our economic data comes in with a lag, right? We're looking at a rear view mirror. So it's very difficult. Very difficult. The job of the Fed is very, very difficult. It's not easy to look at inflation in the rearview mirror and try to figure out where it's going to be tomorrow. And so we have to give the Fed a lot of credit. I don't think uh, we should be that critical, uh, that harsh uh, on the Fed. It's very, diff- it's a very difficult job. And at the same time, when COVID hit and people start losing their jobs. We can blame government. We can blame different actors for for why people lost their jobs. The point is that people who suffered job losses needed support. And government and the Fed stepped in to provide that support. It's easy to go back and, you know, kind of play the blame game and say, well, you know, they shouldn't have shut down the economy in the first place, et cetera, et cetera. It is what it is. This is what happened. I mean, now we have to fix things Today And today, the problem is inflation. Inflation is soaring. Inflation is too high. People are being squeezed. They're not spending as much anymore. Some companies, especially companies with a lot of debt in their books, are starting to lay off workers, right? We see the massive layoffs in, uh, you know, in the Bay Area, you know, in the, among the tech companies. We saw the mortgage lenders lay off people, uh, starting to lay off people back in, in March. So, yeah, I mean, 
right now, the big monster is inflation. And we got to rein in inflation. And, and the Fed is trying its best. I've got time for one last question. How soon would Americans be able to tell whether or not the Fed's action that it's taking now either worked or did not? Again, I don't know. You'll see it in the prices. You'll see it reflected. Right now, infl- inflation's 8.6% or 8.5%, the latest reading. It seems to be starting to come down. It may have peaked, but prices are still very high. So even if prices are no longer increasing at that quick rate, they're still very high and they're still rising. We're going to have to see and we're going to learn just like the Fed will learn when the data comes in, right? And when, when you look at the when you look at the gas pump, when you look at the you know food prices, and you realize, okay, there are they going up at the same pace or not, right? Uh, so we're gonna find out just like the Fed at the same time the Fed does. Now here's the thing, though, it's very scary out there because the economy is slowing down, and that's why everybody's concerned about a recession. The economy is actually slowing down. It's reflected in the numbers we're starting to see. I guess, you know, at a time where we want answers, we're all going to have to invest in some patience. That's right. We're all in it together. It's nobody's fault. I think it's, uh, I don't think we should blame, you know, play the blame game. I think we're, the economy is people, people making decisions. And, uh, and so we're all in it together and we're going to find out. We're going to find out, of course, the, the Fed acted too late to try to rein in inflation. And I think that's, the, that's part of the blame, right, that you're hearing in the media every day. And now they didn't give themselves enough wiggle room with that kind of short runway. The risk of a recession has increased tremendously. And we might even be in one already. For Orfe Devange, this has been Chris Krug. You've been listening to Everyday Economics, part of the America's Talking Network. Subscribe to all of our podcasts at americastalking.com. 